But if we can find that little way to instill just a little bit of hope and a little bit of love into somebody's yeah. life, right there, that makes the difference. And that's all it takes. And like in my own life, that's the only difference between me waking up and doing nothing or me waking up and doing something. Try this bad boy out. It's nice. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone, a certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. <laughs> yeah, oh, good. So I, that was why I was like in between meetings, by the way, we're live. I was quickly running down to make sure the machine was on so I could make my coffee. That a girl. And then I've got my water to go with it as well. Although you. people say, yeah, are you sure? Are you sure you've got water in there? I'm like, yes, it is <laughs> early in the morning and I have only got water in there. So you're saying that maybe I should go with an opaque server, an opaque, you know, trade. So well, here's, right? do you want to really see what my water is in? Oh, maybe we should fact check. <laughs> because you know what? This is just being real on the decision table. This is yes. what I normally drink my water out of. I just think, you know, this versus while I'm on here talking, you know. Agree. I'm trying to be a lady. I'm trying to be a lady. Yes, 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 I love it. What does it say on your bottle? Oh, that's make today count. Or make today count. Make today count. Yeah. I love it. But I love it because it means I can just track it really easily with two of them. Hey, can you see your comments? Because Nikhil just says hi to you. He doesn't want to talk to me, but he obviously wanted to say hi to you. So, <laughs> I cannot anyway. see him, but Nikhil, how are you doing? So if, you put, if you put comments up, you can actually see the comments at the same time. Not oh, that sometimes, nice. <laughs> sometimes we don't have a lot there, but sometimes we do. So welcome to the decision table today, Arne. This is really just where we have a conversation. We check out what we're drinking over there on the other side, make sure it's up to the scratch. And no, seriously, we just, one of the things that I really realized was there's a lot of things that are out of our control, right? but there are certain things that are in our hand that we can control, that we can help to shift the dial forward. And in my case, it's to shift the dial forward from problem to solution. I'm always looking, no matter what it is, no matter what I'm doing, how can I shift this from being a problem or or creating a problem right. to then seeing how we can shift it closer to solution, if not bring the solution? And that's from us as an individual to us across the globe, right? And so part of that is by having a conversation with someone every day on the decision table and looking through a different lens. So just just for your sake and maybe someone who might watch this in the replay for the first time, the lens we used for January was the lens, it's a white paper that I, I'm going to be writing three white papers. And so we did January, which was the need for a new approach to leadership. I think that if we continue to do things the old way, continue to do things the same way, we're going to get the same results, right? Hey, David, welcome. And so what if we can do look through different lenses as part of that new approach? So this month, the next piece of that is looking through the lens of the muscle of human intelligence mm -hmm. and going, what if we could actually use the data our body is giving us, our brain is giving us, the stuff that we're putting into our body and use that to help us? I always think of it as a secret advantage to helping us be more effective and, you know, be able to be at peak performance of what we are called to do, whatever that looks like for each individual. Right. And then the third one is next month is looking through the lens of humanity as stakeholders at the decision table. And so I think there's so much that you and I could talk about that kind of cross pollinates even maybe all three of those things. I agree 100 percent, 100 percent. That's beautiful. I love that you say the mental muscle or you talked about the mind muscle. I think there are so many things that are connected that we miss in the mind body, the physical connection to our performance in areas that aren't just physical. And I think that that's mm. where we miss 
we miss that component a lot of times. And we forget about the fact that when we were kids and we were always active and always running around, our minds were racing. We were always dreaming. We were solving problems. We were having fun. And we get older sometimes and that stuff goes away, right? Um, I don't know. I haven't got older yet, so I'm not sure about that one. It can happen. I'm still looking at my kids thinking, you know, someday I'm going to be old like them. I don't I know. know. I, it's such a scary concept. <laughs> but no, I think it's, I think it's beautiful. You know, I, my favorite quote is don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive and do more of it because what the world needs is for people to come alive. And I truly don't believe that we can come alive until we're alive inside. We yeah. can, I mean, it, it's amazing to me that there are people operating and putting out such great such a, a great influence in the world. And yet there are things that are missing physically. And I just always wonder what could it be with just a little turn of the dial? And uh, so that's, that's where my mind rests and where I, I love to spend time and space and thought is in how to turn the dial. Okay. So let's spend time there. How do we turn the <laughs> dial? <laughs> We have an afternoon cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you need it when you're on the decision table. I don't muck around. We don't go with the fluff. I want to know these things because I think that's part of the new approach is that we have to do things differently, but we're not even sure if we don't create awareness around it. So part of that is asking questions and going, well, what are you thinking? And as we're thinking out loud, then we continue to evolve forward, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I love to break it into um, the areas of sleep, the areas of exercise, and the areas of nutrition. Yeah, um, three, there's three big components. And if we were looking at, I mean, let me ask you, what do you think is the number one, if, if people think of, of exercise and fitness, what is the number one reason people get involved in exercise or fitness? Well, often I would say it's losing weight. Maybe mm -hmm. they want to look a certain way. Me personally, I want movement because I want flow throughout my body that works my body to my brain. Yeah, yeah. I love it. And I would agree with you. I think that the very first, your first statement is the one that, that's the one that I hear the most. That's the one that I see yeah. the most in my relations with people and friends around. That's the one that they complain. We're getting ready for a, a little trip here soon. And it's going to be a, a few families uh, mm. close meeting up in a, in a sunny locale. And um, it's going to be amazing. But that's what I hear. I keep joking that I'm going to wear my Speedo. I've never worn a speedo, but but I'm going to this trip for my kids. They call them budgie smugglers over here. <laughs> and you call them what smugglers? Budgie smugglers. Budgie smugglers. Mm. I'm going to wear a budgie smuggler. Yeah, it'll be beautiful. And there, that's been one of the biggest fears and comparisons is they're like, well, Arn, you're going to look mm. different. And I'm like, eh, you know, we we joke about it, but that is like people talk about that a lot. People don't get in pictures and family pictures because they don't want to see themselves in that current state. And so I really, that's, that's what a lot of people approach me from is from the weight loss perspective. And interestingly enough, I think that falsely, a lot of people think the answer to losing weight is to do more exercise and or yeah. to not eat. And so that's when I mentioned sleep, I truly believe that the foundational piece to so much of this, whether it's weight loss or human performance is mm -hmm. sleep. It starts with that as a foundation. And I, I mentioned that and I, and I mentioned, you know, these visionaries. And because I think that a lot of people view the idea of when we sleep, because I, I did for the longest time, when we sleep, we're not able to move the needle forward because mm. we're not doing the thing, right? Yeah. And it's, it's such a misnomer because, you know, when we sleep beyond five to six hours, we start to get into that deep realm of sleep. Yeah. And that's the area where we're cataloging all of the things that were of importance. So REM, we're acting them out, remembering mm -hmm. And then during that deep sleep, we're cataloging. And if we don't get to that point in our sleep cycle, and a lot of people sleep less than five hours a night, then we're shortchanging our abilities. And so you look at somebody that is performing really, really well, ultra performer mm -hmm. at, say, four hours of sleep, five hours of sleep, I always wonder what could it be if that improved, that increased. So that's one example of something. So funny you mentioned that because... So these are really, by the way, really top pieces to looking at, at us as a whole of being able to really exercise the muscle of human intelligence. I think that these are part of those things that help us to be more intelligent as humans. Yeah. And one of the things that I am absolutely, like I, I look at my sleep tracking every night. I have an aura ring okay. and I track it. 
and I'm really strong on it. And so my husband as well, he tracks it. Now, here's the difference between the two of us. He gets depressed every morning because he looks at his tracking of his sleep and he does everything. And I mean it, you know, the blue blockers at night, the, the no, you know, then the beautiful environment, the smells, the hot baths, the the I thing I at night sleeping, the sounds of whatever it is through those things. Like and he, yeah. yeah. So, you know, for the biohacking things. And he's always, like he's, in the last few days, he's wearing like this little white box, which I've now learned is a TENS on his, mm. to try and get his sleeping to a, you know, deeper sleep and things like that. Like he is literally. Yeah. I mean, and he's fasting like everyone says, doing all those things because he's trying to hack his sleep and I will smash him out and I don't do any of those things. And, well, here's the thing that I've got. There are a few little tips that I believe is, and the strongest one is this. And I know because I track my sleep, I love data and I love being creative and I try and mix those things together and figure out how can we smash this out. And here's the thing, when I am stressed, I will never sleep to the degree that I have and get those good scores like I have before. When I am stressed, but I've got strategies that help me to put that stress in little pockets. In other words, I know know that, yes, I've got lots of things to do. Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, I want to get some... You know, like I know that's not running away because I'm going to sleep. I'm going to wake up to that. I've got a strategy that I now do. So at the beginning of the day, I go, what is it that I'm going to humanly achieve today? And then I make sure those are the things that I'm going to be doing today. And then at nighttime, before I go to, before I shut off after working, whatever time that is, by the way, I don't. You know, it can be literally just before I go to sleep. So I know all those things that they tell you to, you know, put that off. I've tried all of it. Right. But these are the things that I've found that have worked. So it doesn't matter what time I finish my work. It matters how I finish my work. In other words, I ask that question at the night. What is it, you know, did I humanly achieve today? And I always say humanly. And there's a reason to this. And maybe I only got three of those four things done. So there's still a major task to be done. And it was really kind of pressured and I needed to get that done. Then I asked myself the question, is there anything else humanly possible I could do right now? Oh, actually, it's a good, I I better message on now and do that. And then it's like, okay, cool. Now that I've done that, is there anything else humanly possible I could do before I shut off for the night and that this is the completion of it? No, there's not. There's nothing else. And is it okay that I can put that on tomorrow and I'll just get back into it and go, yes, absolutely. Do you know when I give myself permission to sign off in the brain? Yes. My sleep measurements are so different. Yes. I love that you said permission. And uh, I think there's a few beautiful things that you're doing in there. One, you're creating a system that's unique to you. And I think We truly believe, I mean, within our program, we actually use a few different testing strategies to be able to work within people from a genetic perspective, also work with people within their blood biomarker perspective to be able to identify things in ways that they should maybe train or sleep or eat um, supplement to optimize their system. But at the end of the day, you also have to be, we have to develop an awareness of ourselves and what works. And I think that's the beauty of the biometric tools. I don't have my aura ring on right now. I've been working mostly with the whoop strap lately. Oh, I've heard a lot about that. Why is that? Is there benefits to that? I like the whoop. I, so for mm. functional fitness and, and exercise, I like CrossFit. Um, I like doing things with my hands. So I'm, mm. I'm pulling up. I'm working with barbells. I ride a bike. And one of the things that I want is to be able to collect data while I'm exercising. And yeah. so with the aura ring, if I'm taking the aura ring off because I don't want to scratch it up because it's got this beautiful stealth matte finish, then it's not doing me any good, right? <laughs> so where am I going to bend it, you know? So I, I do. <laughs> and I love both of them, but then mm. uh, they both offer a, an avenue for me to be able to also see client data. And that, yeah. that's really good too. The, the whoop strap, just like mm. the aura, does not give 
any pings. There's no lights, signal, sounds. Yeah. It just collects in the background. And that's what I really wanted for this. I didn't want something yeah. that was connected to a watch. I feel like it's geared more towards optimizing physical performance and it mm. definitely aimed towards athletic pursuits, but two tremendous tools and I really enjoy them. But what I noticed when I first started using it was that I was always and have always been the guy that if this is good, more is better. Mm. You know, I mean, I would, I would go do a CrossFit workout and work out for an hour and then I come home and go for a run. And then after that I would, and then, you know, and then I'd wake up the next day after four and a half hours of sleep and I would do it all again. And I just found over time that my body was failing. You know, you maybe collectively call it adrenal fatigue. I don't know, but, but it was the kind mm-hmm. of thing that was not healthy. And my body was telling me this in a lot of ways. When I got the device and all of a sudden I'm seeing the data that's flowing back to me yeah. and it's, dude, you're in the red, like all the time, like you need to figure yeah. this out and be good. It gave me permission from another source besides myself. In other words, I wasn't letting myself down when I yeah. said, I'm not going to do this workout today. Instead, I'm going to go for a hike or I'm going to go for a walk. Yes. walk or, and it's that ability to change. And so, you know, I'm, I'm 47 and I can mm. honestly say right now that I'm in, I'm, I'm within a gnat's hair of my fitness a year ago. And that's just because of focus. Beautiful. And, and so doing more with less time by listening yeah. to the body. And I love that. And that's why I love it. But I love what you're saying there because that's about creating awareness. Now, I don't believe that everyone has this awareness. I work with medical people. I have across the board. 12 years ago, I ended up, I was at the peak of my fitness. I was very into fitness. So I love this topic, you know, of, of movement and the physical and things like that. But I was at the peak and I, I had a fall and I severely tore a ligament and then actually ended up getting what they call complex regional pain syndrome. And I lost the whole literally use of my hip down to my toe. And then I got other things that that kind of another condition on top of that as well, which is the old fibromyalgia one. But anyway, I was told at the one year mark, I'd never walk again. And I love the fact when people say never, because I go, okay, they say never. So if it's not never, then it means it's possible. Now I've just got to find that pathway to figure out how to get to possible. And, and, and that's what I did. And, you know, now I'm at a much, I mean, I'm walking unassistedly. I'm, I'm actually just done two 5k walks. I'm about to do a 10k walk, you know, things like that. But so things like sleep and movement and tracking that has really helped me to be aware of where I'm tracking when something else is a variable into the situation and then give the right information to the right specialists. And that was the only mm-hmm. way. When I turned it around to that was the only right. way that I was then moving to the next level because I literally got told at every specialist, and I mean, these are top people in their fields. Yeah. There's nothing we can do for you. We can't, we've never seen people beat it, especially the way that you are and what you've got. And I was like, okay, that's that's great, awesome, right. What if we could? And I became so aware of my tracking, my indicators, my measurements, and then going, so I don't know that piece, but I'm going to find out through that person what is that piece that I need to do now. Yeah. Not everyone works like that. And because of that, I think not everyone gets the results. And I think what if we could use that to actually make better decisions, which is what you do with the bio stuff, right? Like the fact that you track it, then you can make better decisions and then they're going to get the results. Bring this back up to bigger thinking. The brain, Mm -hmm. movement, there's massive research right now on and has been for a while, but particularly within children of the power of movement with the brain. And seeing that if we do this, we are actually more effective in the scores on the in the exams. We are more, you know, confident as a culture, all these things that are so important, help us to be way more effective. But I don't know that as a world that we're tracking like that and that we see the benefits. How do we narrow that gap? Yeah, I agree with you. And whoa, so this is this is what I did. <laughs> so I wear I wear many hats. Biohacking space as a personal mm. and coach and help clients uh, through an online platform. That way I work with people locally. I coach CrossFit locally, but I'm also 
a high school science teacher. I teach currently wow. physiology and chemistry. Um, I've taught biomechanics, local university. Mm. So, right. I love, I love learning. I love teaching over 20 years as a teacher at this point. A couple of years ago, because of my interest in CrossFit and because of um, just my desire to help our students, which I teach at a school called the Meridian Medical Arts Charter High School. So it's a, um, it's a small public charter school. We're in Boise, Idaho, and it's phenomenal. But what I noticed is that our students that came into our school, they could compete athletically at their home schools and things. But most of them, by the time they got into the upper grades, juniors, seniors in high school, they, so 17, 18 years old, they had left their sports primarily because the rigor of our curriculum is so strong and their activity mm-hmm. in our community is so strong. And in my mind, I'm thinking these are future healthcare professionals. These are doctors, yeah. these are surgeons. These are the people that we want to be sending the message. And they also had told us through so many words, hey, we want to be active, but how do we do it? You know, and yeah. so we affiliated with CrossFit. I created a CrossFit affiliate, got a grant from CrossFit the CrossFit Foundation to outfit our school, train up some other teachers so that they could we could facilitate more students. And the goal is to have every kid in our school going through that. Now, the reason I say that is that, and I'm, I'm just using that company, that brand yeah. as an example, so I'm not saying that's the best for everybody, but it starts in those kind of movements. And it, it's it's different than just saying, add PE to school. I mean, I, I think yes. you know, in the States, that's not the solution. And unfortunately, a lot of the times those classes are so big. And I mean, I could, I could go way off on this, but but Please I say that's what this is for. <laughs> I feel and in the States and, and reminding where you are residing right now. I'm in Sydney, Australia. In Australia. Okay. I was thinking yeah. in Southern Hemisphere. That's good. So in the States, largely as as our kiddos start to get into the age of playing sports, we move them into team sports like soccer, you know, and that's a big one. It's cute. It's fun. The kids are running around. But ultimately, the strong fish wins. The strong fish gets the food stronger. And so, you know, developmentally, like I love the idea of getting kids moving in more gymnastic-y stuff. And as we get older... I feel in physical education, a lot of times it centers around the games because I think that's what people think. It's a culture. Yeah. And what I've loved, I've got, I run a teens program outside of the schools, plus in schools. I love when parents come in and they're like, why are they smiling? You know, (laughs) like this isn't supposed to be fun. And I always make that joke. I'm like, this is supposed to be fun, you know, but it's just, it's a different aptitude about exercise and fitness. And I truly believe in my heart that the best fitness is the one that you love and the one that you do. It's not one thing that I tell somebody that they, they're going to do and that's going to magically make them better. It's the thing that you love that you fight for and you find time to do it. And I, I really truly believe that if we can find a way to instill that in our youth, we will go further. And so I don't know, I, I kind of maybe, maybe got off topic and I don't want to keep on ranting on that no please do you're fine this is off topic is where we go because i think this is part of the evolving of it right like we don't have it all sorted out we haven't got it figured but the more that we question it the more that we start seeing it as you know like we know that the data shows us and helps us to create an awareness of where our body is at well we've got to do the same in in coming up with solutions at the table going oh well, this is what I'm seeing here. This is what I'm seeing here. Now, how do we put those things together to actually have a solution at the table? Right. Well, so, okay, let's go there. So, <laughs> okay, good. Bring it uh, on. My background with coaching, I was yeah. a volleyball coach. I, I ran, I was a varsity volleyball coach at a previous high school. Um, I ran a local volleyball club. We have 12, had 12 teams within the club. I love volleyball. I met my wife through mm-hmm. volleyball. I mean, that was a beautiful so story. So you really love volleyball. I really love volleyball. Yeah. I mean, without it, we would never have met before we actually met like 15 years later. It was really weird. Awesome. Uh, but with that said, what I noticed, and especially not at the high school level, and again, this is in the States yeah. um, because sports like that are within the schools, but yes. I would have a hundred kiddos come out for the freshman volleyball program. And by the time they were seniors, four years later, I would have typically at max six athletes that were on the team because of because of cuts. And I guarantee you, every single one of those kids that were in that program at the beginning loved to play volleyball. But by the time it got to the end and the varsity level 
they had either self-selected and realized they weren't going to make it into the varsity program and or they may have gotten cut somewhere along the way. So they yeah. had this dream and it got pulled away from them. And that's okay. It's okay for us to have failure. It's okay for us yeah, to work. We learn it. from it, right? Heck yeah. Tom Brady, Michael Jordan. I mean, we move mm-hmm. and we grow. But um, Kerry Murray, we all have had failure, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> <laughs> But the problem with that that I see is that when you take something like that that's a lifetime sport and there's no medium for them to get back involved in it until they're adults, yeah, then it really creates a situation where we're taking away the love. And that mm. love is what's going to drive them to do it. You know, I mean, my kid just left to go play lacrosse a few minutes ago. What's driving him to do it? He wants to play Division One lacrosse at Duke. He's 13 years old. You know, he's got this mm. vision to take. That's driving him to, for the first time ever, want to improve his grades. I hear him talking to his mom the other night. Mom, I want a 4.0 because mm-hmm. I've got goals. We're like, well, what about responsibility? Well, mom, I know I got to do that because if I screw up, I'm not going to make it to there. And we're like, mm-hmm. whoa, mind blown. Yeah. Those are the things that I think are beautiful. And so it's not that everybody has to play at that ultimate level. And I think that's another thing that in the States, yeah. we really, we really go around performance and you're yeah. If you're not first, you're last. Ricky Bobby, right? In Talladega. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame because it's just not true. Like that's not, there is a place and a time to win, but yes. time is not in everything that we do. There are some things that we have to do and should do that we do for fun. And if we can find fun and enjoyment in health, I mean, it just, I, I don't yeah. like as or even fitness because I feel like it's too small, but, but in health, then all of a sudden those things become easier. And I just envision again, like with these athletes that, that I work with at the school, um, I'm not actually teaching the class this year, mm-hmm. but the program has doubled. And I, that wow, to me- Wow, that's awesome. That's what I want. It shouldn't yeah. be on me, you know? And having those kind of opportunities, I feel like the more people that can come into, we'll call it fitness, but the more people that can come into fitness- No, I think it's totally health. Like it's the healthy lifestyle. It's the health- the health of you as a human being, right? Like this helps us to function. I always talk about effortless flow. If we've got something, and I've seen this so much through my physical journey as well as my mental journey of how much, in a lot of ways it was, (laughs) it's a lot about my life of the extremes that I work with, I get to work, and I learned a lot because it was the physical and the mental. And when you've got something not working on one side, it literally affects the other side and then it can shut down here. And as you start getting this working, doesn't mean that this starts working. It's like this flow and we need to get that flow throughout everything that we're doing. And I think part of that is the around this whole concept that we turn up at work, we talk work. We turn up at home, we talk home. We're a mom, we're a dad. We, you know, go and we work on our health. No, our health is, we're working on that whether we're in our job, whether we're in our workspace, whether we're in our home life, whatever we're doing, everything is impacting us at the same time. So why do we see it as such individual things rather than a whole? I think it's that problem solution idea. I mean, you opened up with with that's your specialty. Mm. I, I really believe that one, it takes effort, it takes planning and guidance as we go in, especially into adulthood, suddenly yeah. time, is, time is expensive and something gives. And unfortunately, I think that, yeah, I, I think that's- well, Here's the thing. Even if we take that little piece of time is expensive, time is expensive if you're doing it on the dollar, but time is expensive if you're not exercising and moving because you're actually slowing your time down here on earth and you're going to run out of time because you haven't done that part. Well, and I had this thought the other day, and I, I still haven't figured out exactly how to put it into words, but I'll try right now. But it was that concept, and and it was that idea. I was thinking, again, just about how I can share the, the, the movement, the ideology, and you know, incentivize people and say, you want to live a longer life, right? Yeah. You should start exercising now so you're creating a, a higher point to degrade from, if you will, or to work from. But- then I started thinking about it and I was like, there are no guarantees. We don't know when the end is. And so maybe rather than focusing on getting better for something 20, 30 years down the road, 
it's simply getting better for now because I, I see a lot of people. That but it's can't. for now that builds for the future. In other words, we don't know how long that future is, but it's still building for that. And if here's the great thing is if we build the now, that future actually looks way brighter and gets exciting because we know we're going to function better at it. Of course, there's moments where something might hit us, we die, and it's ended. But at least we've lived each day knowing that we lived our best every day, right? Right. Yeah. Happier, more in tune, more into the moment, more aware, body flowing. There's a lot of focus on the external. There's a lot of focus on the aesthetic. And unfortunately, that only tells a portion of the story. And, you know, you've, you've shared how, how you've overcome the hardship of, of your hip and being able to move and to walk. And well, that- I actually lost, I lost the whole, I became the, I used to joke because I spoke on stages and I'd go, yes, I'm the one legged and one chick, you know, and it was a big joke, but it was because it was the elephant in the room and they'd see me walking up on stage with a stick. So, and I would say every time you hear the stick, Every step is a woman that has determination. That's the next piece of growth to my next level. That's, you know, and I would use it as part of my thing because I actually lost the whole use of my arm as well because what happens is that my body freaked out mm-hmm. and anytime something happened, I degloved my little pinky, severed the nerve, went and got an operation. I came out, I'd lost the whole use of my arm. So it's a pretty freak thing that my body decided to do. Yeah. By the way, I now write with both hands again and I use that arm again and and it's not a problem. And I'm even got the boxing glove back on. So I'm pretty happy. So I I love that. (laughs) What was the biggest, well, maybe there wasn't a one one thing, but was there something that changed, turned the tide? Like they're telling you, you're not going to have the use of of your appendages again. You're not going to be able to walk again determination, mindset, all this, but what, yeah. what were the steps? What was the thing that helped you regain? Was there anything that yeah. was just point that you're like, oh, there it is? So it is my whole life's work is what helped me. No, serious, because I had this, you know, and, and it started many years ago where I would see, I'd see in my head that I was worth something else, yet my world wasn't showing me that. And my environment wasn't showing me that, but I knew that there was hope because I saw other people doing things. So that started curiosity. I then as a young person and and into my young, my 20s, 30s even, I was a youth speaker for many years. And I went in and I helped lots of young people. No, I band-aided. That's what it felt like. Because when I was there running community things, when I was in their faces, yes, they changed, but they didn't change outside they went back to the old lives defaulted and I that just bugged the heck out of me because I go what am I doing with my time if all I'm doing is band-aiding like they're really frustrated not seeing a permanent change so I questioned that again it became very curious Mm -hmm. and I then began looking at patterns what if I could hack how the result is that we want to actually wiring our brain to give us the behavior that then gives us that result. And I became I like literally obsessed with working that pattern out. Hmm. And what I realized was there were so many patterns to the way we make decisions or not make decisions or want to or don't want to. And I started literally hacking that and figuring it out to the point that now I know that your decision DNA will help you to either get where you want to go or not get where you want to go. And I used the same concepts that I was coming up with there to defeat on the physical side. And then when my son was born with half his brain brain damage, speckles all over on the other side, and they said he's never going to get through birth, let alone actually be able to function or talk because, by the way, the whole half of his brain that was brain damaged or is brain damage is the side where you speak. He's ah. 20. He's about to turn 21 this year. He speaks very beautifully. I've had him on the decision table even because I want to give him voice. And yeah. he is one of my heroes because I know that when we learn how to find those other pathways, we can actually get to where we need to go. We just need to find those pathways, then wire to it, and then that'll give us the behaviors and 
the so I knew because I knew my work yeah. and I just put that into practice not just in with clients not just with you know running with people helping them to get to where they need I put it in the physical and medical both with my son both with myself and I know it works because I'm where I'm at now and I'm always getting to my next level because I love that wow I love it. I want to know more. <laughs> you can. But that's that's the fascination and that's why I'm doing this on the on the decision table because I think when you know so what is the answer to that is because I know how to use the muscle of human intelligence. We mm-hmm. have data. We can gain data. Mm-hmm. We've got data within us. Sometimes that data is wired to the wrong thing. So we have to shift that wiring to the right wiring. But here's the thing. Whenever I ask, you know, if nothing was stopping you, what would you do? And people start giving themselves permission to dream with that, right? That's my favorite question I ask every client when they come in the door. When I get to ask that question, I'll go, so what does that sound like? What does it smell like? What does it feel? Who would it be? How?" And like that just opens up. When we give ourselves permission that we can always go to our next level, there's just little steps or increments or shifts on that way to get there. There's always a pathway to it. When you give yourself permission, it's already in our DNA of some of those bigger things, the things that only you can bring to the table. Here's the problem is that the world has often tried to put us and make us look the same, sound the same and do it the same way. Mm-hmm. The gem, the gold, the wisdom that comes at the table is when you can come to the table with that wisdom that you have within. We can start innovating new solutions when we have that data that comes from you. Problem is, a lot of the time, we are not thinking, we're not using that, or our systems are not allowing us to be able to be okay to bring that to the table. And systems being not necessarily us personally, but societally, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's both, right? (laughs) You're right. Well, and I think I know that that one of the confines that we that we had discussed at the beginning with this conversation and what Nikhil introduced me with is the idea and concept of biohacking. And I know that a lot of people that are purported as biohackers, it's conversations about things that you can take to biohack your system like that's and I think that that's you know I, I love the direction in the conversation that you're you're going and it, it aligns with what I believe which is that we have the ultimately ability to biohack our system through learning how to work within our yeah. system we're operating at such a small fraction every single one of us of what we're doing even people that are high performers quote-unquote high performers and so being able to tune into that being able to learn more. And it's not as simple as just doing a Google search and, <laughs> you know, eight pack abs, right? I mean, you're going to get a mm-hmm. million that work, but they may not work for you. Correct. And they may not promote great health. And, you know, that's one of the things that's been so eye opening and elucidating to me is that in my mm-hmm. own physically, I would be able to perform and do things that, that I was happy with. But yeah. internally, I knew the real story. I had chronic inflammation on one side of my body that would never leave. I had a swollen foot on the other side that had been since I was a sophomore in college, so 19, 20 years old. And similar to what you talked about, little steps of starting with a different style of physician, run of the mill, we went in, we did under the cover tests, you know, blood tests, all this stuff. Yeah. From there, moving into some alternative therapies, most recently, like two weeks ago, Finally, finding something that literally I went in, super relaxed, great, woke up the next day, swelling's gone, and it has not been back. That is amazing. And I know because part of Crips is the fact that you get massive inflammation. So I looked literally like elephant titus on my leg, right? Like that's how big it was. It was the color changes, the nail changes. I had all of those things. It was hideous to look at and hideous to have, there was extreme pain in it. What is interesting is though, and I think that this is the thing that when you're aware of your data, you take that data into places where someone might have a piece of it, 
but you've got to trust your data as well. And I think that this is some of the times we've got this data, we know we're smart, whatever it is, but we're not always knowing how to take that in or where to take that. And I think that that's an interesting concept because I had to learn that I was actually the one that had the full data Mm-hmm. And I'd be going to medical places and they would be asking me, what am I thinking I need to do next? And I would then go, what I realized in the powerful piece of what has happened with my whole medical side of me is I now have some people around me. I take my information with them, what I think I need to do next. And they'll go, absolutely. Have you thought of this little piece over here? And we might tweak it a little bit, but in general, I'm the one that's actually doing everything and got myself because they don't have the answers. They haven't got it, but they've got pieces that maybe I'm missing because I haven't actually thought of that piece there. And that's what the awareness has created. Now I think of that and I go, what if we could do that with like what you're saying within the younger generation of really returning them back to the love that they had because we know the end result is that when we move, when we're healthy inside, the outside's going to be healthy. The way that we are as humans are going to be healthy as in how we interact with people because we're happy with ourselves. How do we do that, bring that data to the table and start going, you know what, this is a piece of data that I've got from this. This is a piece of data because it's not always data that, you know, you can say, hey, I can see that you've tripled your your bottom line. That's an easy piece of data. We see that proof straight away. This is not something that we see a proof straight away. Yet we, some of us who are in this sort of arena can understand it and know the benefits and we can't get that data out quick enough for you to have the proof that maybe we need as we continue to evolve and do it differently. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, <laughs> awareness is awareness is the key. And and yeah. teaching that though is there are social stigmas in place. Yeah. There I <laughs> I had a, an interest. I would work with my top players with a local sports psychologist. And with the, he, he did some Ericksonian hypnosis. I mean, it was great stuff. They loved it. Permission from all the parents. Everything was great. Yeah. I'm like, this is amazing. Second year. I'm like, we're going to do this with the whole program. And so we just did like a big thing in the gym. Everybody was there. And not 24 hours later, the mm-hmm. local sensationalistic news company in the, in the yeah. Valley had been called. I'm sitting in the principal's office with the athletic director from my school, mm-hmm. the district athletic director, an attorney. And I'm like, what's going on? And, yeah. you know, they all kind of chuckled and, and it, it went away. But it's those kind of feelings. I was talking yeah. to a group in class about breathing because of test anxiety. Yeah. And so one thing I've noticed with wearing a mask personally is I'm breathing more shallowly and I'm breathing off the top. Well, it I'm, stresses me and like it brought back claustrophobia. Yeah. Which I, had to deal with as a young person. Okay. And so I think there's a lot of like, yeah, yeah. reasons why. And it's sitting more often because we're at screens. And so everything's yeah. compressed. And so I was just indicating to them, I'm like, let's put our hands on our stomach. Let's feel yeah. some breath, practice some belly breathing. But I'm very cautious with how I describe it because, <laughs> I, you know, you use certain terms, even if it's something yeah. like, yoga, there's, there are people that, and, and so it's, I don't know how you make that connection because mm. it's physiologically like this is beneficial. Like we know this is beneficial. It's not tied to anything yes. um, spiritual or mystic or anything. It's just like, I, yeah. I mean, it is. But Yeah. I know what you're saying though. Yeah. 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 And, so, I, and I think this is the conversation that I'm seeing a lot of that like yourself, there's this amazing, like you can see some solutions to bring to the table Yet our system is not creating the opportunity for us to bring it. In fact, in a lot of ways, it's widening that gap from us bringing these as solutions because it's not maybe acceptable or it's not the way that we've done it or this is not how, you know, people are comfortable with as a 99% are all agreeing, but that 1% still don't. Uh, How do we bring that? And one of the things that has come out of these conversations and I think is is I believe hope for this. And and that is that I think that as a tribe of us 
who are now wanting to think and know that there needs to be a change and even have some ideas of how that can be, that we begin to be more of a collective. I think that there is this uh, very much isolation. I started writing about it massively before the pandemic hit the world for a year and a half. I was traveling nonstop as a nomadic CEO with my kids and my husband. And you know, I that was the thing that I found as the biggest insight of my travels was there was this, I called it an epidemic and amongst leadership. And then I changed that and crossed that out and said humanity, because I saw it everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that was isolation in our culture. And I think that this is part of the the issue is there are many awesome humans wanting to see change. Mm-hmm having some concept of how that could actually happen for us to narrow that gap from the problem to solution. Mm. But we're not creating those spots where we're coming together and as a collective to to help, hey, what are you thinking? How could we do this? What could Because I think that's the problem is that we can't do it as individuals anymore. Do you think, so one thing, I guess, two thoughts on that. One, you know, we live in a, in a time that, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing in so many different regards right oh, now. So many regards. Yeah. But the connectedness and the ability that every individual has to make an impact in the world, I feel mm-hmm. is greater now than it ever has been in our life, in the history of, of humanity. The fact that you have multiple platforms that are yeah. towards different, different generations and the ability for people to pontificate and share and consult and talk. Clubhouse has been amazing. Um, I haven't been on a ton, but I mean, there's like really just neat ways for us to connect, commune, Mm. things that you're talking about. The, uh, oh my gosh, what what was the other one? What was the other one? In another sip of coffee. Anyway, that's exciting. That's exciting. But the other side of it, what was that? Yeah, so we've got platforms. Yeah. We've got the ability to have access to these things way more than we've ever done before. And then there's a but or an and. There is an and. There is an and. And it's going to come to me. This happens every once in a while, more often. Ah, it's all good. It'll pop back. Let's roll with it. It'll pop back, I promise. Yeah, look, here's the thing that I do think. I think that because I remember I was saying about the collective Mm -hmm. and I think that there's, so there's isolation and I felt that the solution to isolation was collaboration. But I think that what has happened with the global challenges, whether it's social, environmental, economically, it has widened the gap because of the division that is happening across the globe. And what we need to do is actually come together more as a collective so that we can start narrowing that gap. Mm -hmm. Now, that sounds so easy in theory, but the only way that we can do this is even if we start a little tribe and then more tribe and we start building on that because otherwise this is just going to keep, you know, you're going to know your little piece over there, but you're going to create awareness in your little sphere of influence but really the bigger influence is maybe this is beneficial for us as humans across the globe. Yeah, it is. I want to be part of that tribe. I will tell you that. Yeah. Much. Like that proclamation now. There's a mind shift, a mindset shift, I feel, that's going from going into a, an ideal of abundance. I think that mm. you talk about what you're saying. I feel that Part of the reason why we have held ourselves back is because of because of a fear of sharing what we know because we're afraid that it's going to take away from what we have to offer. Very simply from the mom and pop shop that's selling donuts, they don't yeah. want the donut shop too long, you know, a mile away. What I've learned, and I've I have fallen prey to that, and it's ugly and yeah. it is not it's not enjoyable, it's not healthy, and it doesn't Nobody wins when that happens. The customer doesn't win. The people that are trying to build a business and grow don't win because we're thinking this big. But when we realize and we connect and we start to let others in and we start to honor the things that they're saying and the things that they offer and maybe perhaps make them your own, but share them and even give credit to, that's where things I really feel like start to branch out and it starts to grow. There is abundance and take that word any way you want to. And I believe 
in my heart, you know, that if, if we change our mindset towards that theory, that idea that we can make incredible impact like you're talking yeah. about. But here's the thing. We make impact every decision we make. It's just whether it's adding value to humanity or taking away from. And that's that's the whole thing. Like it's not that you can. You are impacting. Yeah. Just how yes. are you doing that? And what impact is that having on your body and your thinking and your brain and your functioning? You know, like let's think about this. And are we adding to a problem or we're actually adding to the solution, right? So the, here's the cool thing around that I think that is really cool is that the more that we open to have these conversations, the more others can be in and create an awareness. It's one of the reasons I do the decision table is mm -hmm. because I realized I was having amazing conversations, but I wasn't sharing those amazing insights from those conversations with other people. So others would miss out on that. And I kind of felt a bit selfish in the end going, I'm meeting these amazing leaders across the globe with so phenomenal insights, but the world is missing out. So why should I take that and hold that to myself? But here's the other piece. I also realized I could do lots of one-on-one -on -one conversations behind the scenes. There's some people that maybe I would be wasting my time by doing that because there's not a lot in common, but there can be always one thing that we can gain from. And if I might not gain from that through all that conversation, someone else might gain a whole lot of other insights. So my, you know, we have never had a talk before this conversation. Right. And I just go, come on, let's have a conversation, but let's bring the world in. And by the way, I could talk for you. I can't believe how quick our time has gone on <laughs> here today because we have so much we could go down. And I love that because guess what? From that I go, hmm, I reckon we're going to get to know each other way more than what we're doing right now So, and look to where that goes. But here's the thing. I can either walk away from a decision table and go, hey, maybe that really helps someone, but I know that person's not going to be, you know, taking that journey with me further. By the way, it actually hasn't happened on the decision table yet, so which is pretty amazing. But I love it because I get to see the human side of you guys that I wouldn't if I was just going and meeting you for the first time on a Zoom. 100%. 100%. And right? I think if you can, if you can make I, happiness is the connector and love. I mean, that sounds trivial and, and, and everything, but it truly. But like, only because the world has put that as a trivial thing. Okay. Thank you. But if we can find that little way to in, instill just a little bit of hope and a little bit of love into somebody's yeah. life, then yeah. right there, right there, that makes the difference. And that's, that's all it takes. And like in my own life, that's the only difference between me waking up and doing nothing or me waking up and doing something is that love there's that. a glimmer of hope and there's a mm -hmm. little bit of love, sometimes more than others, that gets me to the <laughs> next step, right? Damn, feeling that love is all I say. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's a connecting piece, and that's something that um, I, I see that in your heart, and I know that the people that are on here, I know that they're sharing that as well, and so it's yeah. just a little bit. I love that. So if people want to know more about you and connect with you more, how do they best do that? Two ways. Uh, number one, uh, please find me on, on Facebook. That is the primary um, platform that I'm on right now, just Arn Alleman at Facebook. And then also you can connect with me. Um, we do have a free program. It's a free 14-day trial at livinggreaterhealth.com. And that will put them in. They, they'll receive an app. We'll talk nutrition. We'll talk exercise and get them on their way to living a greater lifestyle and optimizing who they are. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so the question I, so I don't have set questions at this table, I, but except for this one, okay. I do have. And this one is this. I, and it's funny because we've talked about it a lot. I really believe that the first step is for us to create awareness. And that's what we've done today. We've gone, you know, through so many layers of different things. And I just love it. I love the fact that you've been willing to go wherever we needed to go today. So thank you for that. I really appreciate that. I love the fact that you love love and that it's a bit of joy and abundance is just plentiful for all of us, right? Where whatever's in our hand, I always talk about, you know, and the more you have in your hand, the more you can give out of. Right. Like, I just love that concept. 
so the question I always ask at the end of this is, so now that we've got awareness, I believe there the next fundamental is that we need to take ownership of the, what that looks like. Mm-hmm. So from our conversation today here, what are you going to take away from it? <laughs> For me personally, every time I talk about this, it, it intensifies the fact that I need to keep moving. And that really like the ownership piece for me is that I really strongly believe in the message. I I strongly believe in the message for our youth. And, you know, I I split time between both, but these children's programs, um, I can see the change that it makes. And I want to create that system that helps those youth grow into adults and professionals that continue to perpetuate this ideal of how they can feel better, how they can move, how they can be active, how they can be healthy. And I feel like that's how we can impact generations as we move forward and and break some of these chains that we're in. So, you know, that's for me, the ownership um, that comes from the awareness, you know, just every time I get a chance to to revisit why I do what I do, it just inspires me. And and so I thank you for that. That's exciting. I love that. What I'm taking from our conversation is you're the kind of the fifth person in the last literally two days where it's interesting because the conversations that I've had have gone back over generations Mm -hmm. and it's kind of that generational gap, but then also talked about the young person or the student and where we've got this ability to really put some really cool things into that space Mm -hmm. that we know as great insights in our generation. By the way, I'm pretty much the same age as you. So, you know, into I'm actually a little bit older. There you go. A little bit older, but not only by a little bit. I think it must be a year. So here's the thing. I think that the generational, you know, and I was speaking literally to someone about this yesterday, and I've had the pleasure of, of really being able to work within many generations and glean off many generations. It's probably the ability of working with extremes. Mm-hmm. And yet I see this massive gap between generations. And I see that there are things that if we don't change it in our generation, the next generation and the generations to come really don't have great footprints to springboard off. And I think there's this massive gap and opportunity now for us to go, how can we help to make sure that there are some really good things with our young people? And so I'm going to, I think, you know, when I said five times, it literally has been five times in the last two days that this has come back up. And I'm like, I really got to listen to this and go, how can we look at, you know, bringing a lot of those insights into the younger generation and then of course i'm always wanting to learn from the younger generation too and how can they help us yes. uh, learn better more effectively as well they are brilliant and uh, yeah. i take that from my own children from the students that i teach but once i get over the idea and the concept that they're a kid and yeah. i listen to what they're saying my mind's blown and i realize that my scope of, of this situation was about this big and they're thinking yeah. like Yeah. And I love that. And I want us to get back to that because I think that's the thing we can learn that when we open up and give ourselves that permission to have the space to start dreaming, to start thinking, to start going, hey, even if we give ourselves a chance right now, what would be some of the solutions that we want to bring? And it's actually in us. We just got to then access it and find the pathway to make that a reality. Absolutely. Right. All right. Well, I'm going to finish this broadcast in a second, but I'd love for you to, like, is there anything you feel like you haven't been able to say or would like to say just to finish us up on? Oh, wow. Well, (laughs) thank you first off just for the opportunity to have conversation with you today and be part of the decision table. Absolutely amazing. And the only thing, I mean, my my mind works around fitness and exercise and health. And so that's the only thing, the biggest thing that I want to say leaving is just, we make it very complicated. You know, we've talked about biometrics and we've, Mm. you know, I mentioned DNA and blood tests and this stuff, but at the end of the day, it's just about starting. And we like to talk about it and and I don't remember exactly where I heard it, but stay started. And people Mm. people are like, well, I, I have a tough time getting started and and I can't keep going or I have to make it a habit. No, it doesn't have to be a habit. It's just every day we have to wake up and we have to 
that decision to do. And if we can do that with something simple, as simple as a set of push-ups or squats, or as simple as a walk, or as simple as eating a vegetable, moving from that to something greater, I believe happens because of the way you feel. And that's, I guess, what I want to share with people, just keep it simple and build. It's not something that we just jump into and we take this and we make it fit our lifestyle. Yeah. Lifestyle and we move into that space. And so- yeah, that's 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 where I would go with that. Is that to, is beautiful. I love it. I couldn't say anything and finish this up any better. So I'm going to end this broadcast. Don't you go away for a second, though. I want to catch up with you for a minute. But thanks so much for being on the decision table, bringing such great conversation, many layers, thinking, and just fun back to the table. I really loved it today. Thank you, Kieran Marie. I appreciate you very much. This was awesome. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change, and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.